James chapter 3, beginning at verse 13. I'm reading out of the New King James. I do have the notes in the Bible app, if you like to use that. And this is what it says. Who is wise and understanding among you? Anybody wise and understanding here? I hope that we all are. Let him show by good conduct that his works are done in meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. This wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly, sensual, demonic. For where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. But the wisdom that is above, from above, is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, that means teachable, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. Now, the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. Wow. Let's pray and let's ask the Lord to speak to us through his word today. God, I just commit this time and this word to you. I thank you. Your spirit is always already so evident here. But Lord, I'm asking that today you would minister to us through your word. Holy Spirit, I welcome you and I ask you to speak to our hearts and to change our lives. Church, come on, help me pray for a great anointing today. I pray, Lord, that you would anoint each and every one of us. Give us eyes to see and ears that hear and a heart that perceives what you are speaking to us today. I pray, Jesus, that even as you are anointed to preach good news, I pray for an anointing upon myself that I would preach as I'm led by the Spirit, not my ideas, not my wisdom, but you yours, that wisdom that comes from above. I bind the works of the enemy. He would seek to distract, to distort, to confuse, or uproot your word as it comes forward. Give us liberty today in receiving your word. In Jesus' name I pray. And everybody said, amen. amen. You may be seated. It's a powerful passage, and, uh, and honestly, I mean, God just kind of wrecked me even last night as I was going over my message once again. And uh, I know sometimes we hear about wisdom and we think about Solomon, but I want you to think for a moment uh, uh, about some of the things that happened. God just really kind of made this real to me. I got a question. What was your, what was your favorite Disney movie growing up? Cinderella. Ask your neighbor, what was your favorite Disney movie? Do you know, do you know what it was? Find out. Little Mermaid, I'm hearing. Oh, yeah. Benny Hinn. Uh, uh. Dumbo. You don't know what mine was? Okay, that's enough talking. Pay attention. My favorite, my favorite Disney movie growing up was Aladdin. I liked Aladdin, man. I just, I thought it would be so cool to have a monkey. I thought Jasmine was the best of the princesses. That's why I married a dark-haired, dark-skinned girl. Um, but, you know, and, and, and I had the same haircut that Aladdin did growing up. Just the big hair uh, grew out not long. And, uh, but, but the thing is, I just, I, I think we've all thought about this moment. Like, if you had a genie, what would you ask for? Right? And there were a couple restrictions on that. But what would you ask for if you had a genie? Now, I, I'm not going weird theology or anything on us today. I, I want you to hear me. But, but something happened in the Bible that is kind of similar. There was a moment in 1 Kings where uh, a man of God named Solomon, who many of us know, I mean, it's, it, it has gone way beyond the Bible. History knows him as the wisest man in all of history. 
Now, how did he become that way? Well, he had this moment. He actually brought a large offering to the Lord. And that night, God visits him and asks him, what do you want? Anything. Ask what do you want? Now, God's not a genie. I, maybe that's a terrible illustration. Maybe it's blasphemy, and if it is, I repent of it. But uh, I want you to know, he came to him and said, what do you want? And many of us know the response. He says, Lord, I'm, I'm young, and I don't know how to lead these people the way my father David did, but I ask that you would give me wisdom to do so. God, the Bible says, I, I had a prayer meeting last night. Lee had already fallen asleep. I'm laying hands on myself in the bed because it said that God gave him not only wisdom, but gave him discernment and breadth of mind, a width of, not narrow-minded, not just religious ideas, but, I mean, the Bible talks about how he had financial wisdom and entrepreneurial uh, uh, wisdom, how their kingdom accelerated to the highest kingdom in the known world in that day. Their trade and their entrepreneurial ideas, all of this. Even the Bible says that he had wisdom in all herbs and plants and animals, interesting breath of knowledge and all of that came because he asked the lord for wisdom some of the benefits of wisdom i'm going to list this for you and this is going to help us today okay i I want you to know because you know god is not partial to people like he didn't like solomon more than he likes you god shows no partiality we all come on equal ground to the lord and the bible says in james chapter 1 you may remember me preaching a couple weeks ago that if any of you lack wisdom you can ask god for it he has it in abundance and he will give it and that's why i began to pray god If you could speak to Solomon in all of these different ways and it impacted every area of his life, God, do that for me. Do that for us. And so look at at what the Bible says. I listed all of this in the notes, but um, I'm just going to give you a number of things. This is all out of Proverbs. This is Solomon speaking out of what wisdom had done for him in his life. He said that God's blessing... Favor and prosperity were a result of wisdom. That's in Proverbs 3.13. He said that wisdom will strengthen your mind and your emotional health. Praise God. That's Proverbs uh, 19.8. He said that wisdom is a fountain of life. In fact, God told Solomon when he gave him wisdom, if you continue to walk in wisdom in the fear of the Lord, I'll give you a long life. It's a fountain of life. That's Proverbs 16.22. Wisdom provides hope for the future. That's Proverbs 24.14. Wisdom allows you to rise up as leaders. Uh, 8.15. You realize you're not called to be just like the lowest employee. No, you're caused, called to be a business owner, a, a leader, a manager in your sphere. It's promotion. That's, uh, that is Proverbs. Oh, I missed my spot. Oh, uh, 8.15. Um, wisdom, oh, I like this, releases peace in your family and your household. That's Proverbs 24 and verse 3. Wisdom helps you build riches. In fact, it doesn't just say riches. This is Proverbs 8.18. It says double riches. And Solomon walked it. They said in Solomon's day that gold and silver were so abundant that silver virtually became worthless. I mean, imagine that. Oh, my goodness. Wisdom 
guides your life, Proverbs 10.10. Wisdom brings promotion, Proverbs 4.8. Wisdom brings creativity, Proverbs 8.12. And the list goes on and on. One thing I encourage you to do, read a proverb a day. There's 31 proverbs, and you can read one proverb every single day and just begin to grab hold of it. But here's what I want you to think about. I'm, I, I'm, I'm more Pentecostal than most, I guess. I may, maybe more mystical than, than, than many. But here's one of the things. I, I want you to think about this. Solomon was a normal man who knew that he lacked the ability to lead the people. He has one encounter with God. Everybody say encounter. He has one encounter with God. And all of a sudden, this isn't just natural wisdom. This isn't just learning that he acquired. But now there is a supernatural wisdom from heaven that begins to flow into his life. And it changes everything for him and the people around him. Did you hear what James encourages us? Is to receive the wisdom that is from above. This is the very same wisdom that Solomon received. And friend, I'm just telling you, I'm not talking about us getting a little smarter, a little wiser, a little kinder. I believe that if we can receive what James is talking about, what the Bible is encouraging us, it'll affect every area of our lives. In fact, I entitled this message, uh, The Art of Living Life. How are we going to live our life? What are the things that are going to feed our spirit, give us ideas and revelation? There are two types of wisdom the Bible describes here in, in our text. You just hang out here in James chapter 3. This is everything I'm going to pull from this morning. Two types of wisdom. There is a wisdom from above. Everybody say wisdom from above. That's God's wisdom. That's heavenly wisdom. That's revelation. That's, that's these ideas that are going to produce what I was just describing there a moment ago. But then there is, and I had a hard time describing what this is. I, I can't say it's worldly wisdom because that's only one of the categories. It says that there is a, a wisdom that does not come from above that is worldly and sensual and even demonic. And we're going to talk about that wisdom that is not from above. And we're going to analyze our lives. I want to encourage you. Don't think about, my husband really needs to hear this. Well, I know somebody who's rotten who really needs no. We're all going to do an internal examination today and say, God, do I have jealousy in my life? Do I have envy in my life? Am I operating out of bitterness or am I meek? Am I peaceful? Am I teachable? This will identify what type of wisdom is flowing into our lives, and it'll affect every area of your life. Are you trekking with me so far? So I love the first description that's given. In fact, you'll see it there in verse 13. It talks about how, uh, how when you receive this wisdom, are you wise in understanding? Let him show by what he does in meekness. Everybody say meekness. You know what meekness is? Meekness is controlled power. Meekness is controlled power. Jesus is the very definition of meek. Even this week, 
is uh, the Passion Week, right? This, so we'll be looking even on Friday, Good Friday, the betrayal in the garden. And one of the things that I see about that story is there is a moment where Judas comes in. He betrays Jesus. And I like Peter. I'd like to think that I would be like Peter in this situation. Peter takes out a sword. He's ready to slay those who are arresting Jesus. And, uh, and he goes after it, man. He cuts off the ear of this soldier. I can't wait till the, the, the chosen depicts this. Uh, it's going to be epic. Uh, but he, uh, he goes after, he slices off the ear of this soldier. And then Jesus says this. He says he, he, he heals the man. Happy new ear, right? And... Uh, he heals, I'm sorry, that was really dumb, but every new year I see that joke, Jesus healing the man, and I just, I, it's funny to me. He heals the man, and then he tells, he tells Peter this. He says, Peter, I could say a word, and my father would send 12 legions of angels now, think about it. Dr. Morocco described this death angel. You know there's an account in the Bible in one occasion where one angel kills 185,000 people. One angel kills 185. And Jesus is saying, I could say one word. Thank you, Peter, for trying to defend me. But I say one word, and I have 12 legions of angels. I did the math on this. That's 72,000 angels that would be there in a heartbeat. They would be able to kill in an instant 12 billion people. That's freaky. That's power. But instead, Jesus was silent. I'm already getting emotional because I've, I've walked this path, friend. I've stood in the garden where Jesus was betrayed. I've been in this where they drug him down and where he stood before the, the religious of the day. And they accused him falsely. I watched as I, I went into the area. There's a church they called the Church of Flagellation where they whipped Jesus, where they abused him. Not one time did he defend himself. Not one time did he call for help. Slay these people, Father. Meekness. He was put in the prison. He was insulted. He was sentenced to death. He was placed upon the cross. And I, and I think about this. He looks down at the people who whipped him and accused him and slapped him and pulled out his beard and he says, Father, forgive them. That's meekness. That's the wisdom that comes from above. That's controlled power, friend. Jesus demonstrated for us so clearly what this life of free And look at the result, friend. The fact that we're gathered here today, it's an overflow of what Jesus did 2,000 years ago. The fact that we sense God's presence and power, that he's healing literally hearts in our midst, that he's healing spiritually and emotionally hearts all around us. I'm he's still living and active around us. That's the power of a life that is walking in the wisdom of God. Do you see this? Oh, my. Ask, elbow your neighbor. Make sure they're still awake. So, verse 14, it says, But 
if you have. Now, it's comparing and contrasting. There's this heavenly wisdom. It produces a lot of wonderful things. But on the other side, if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast and do not lie against the truth. Self-seeking. This is scary. Now, again, we're going to do some personal examination. I did this myself, and I, I pray the Lord help me. That that. Bitter envy, bitter is the idea of undrinkable water. What's flowing into your life? Undrinkable water. Envy is a harsh resentment towards others. You know the difference between jealousy and envy, right? Jealousy is this idea that, man, look at their life. I just, I, I wish I had that kind of life. Wish I had that position. I wish I had that title. I wish I had that salary. I wish I had that kind of family. I wish, you know, fill in the blank. That's what jealousy is. Envy is a little more harsh than that. Envy says, I want that position and they don't deserve it. I want what they have. I want their job and I want them out. I want their spouse and I want the spouse, I want their, who they're married to, out. I want what they have. I want their salary. I want their money. They don't deserve it. That's, that's envy. And this is what the Bible says is worldly or ungodly wisdom. We do an examination. In fact, a, a, another, it says that it's not only envious, but it is self-seeking. The Greek word there is erethia. Everybody say erethia. It describes someone who is entering a political office for selfish reasons. They're concerned about themselves and their need and what's in it for me without any regard for how it's going to impact people around them. Now, friend, this is scary. Now, the, the, the term is a political term, but you can begin to pull together the pieces. I mean, how many, how many do you suppose we've seen try and aspire to a ministerial position, not for the way that they can serve and bless other people, but I want a name. I want notoriety. I'm in it for me. How many times have we sought elevation in a work environment or a, a promotion, whatever it may be? You just you, you, you examine your own life and say, God, is there any of this self-seeking in me? Think about the comparison. Jesus, the Bible says, came to be a servant of all, not to be served. And Jesus, this, this blows my mind every time I think about it. Romans chapter 8. You know what Jesus is doing right now? He didn't just ascend to heaven and now he's like victorious and man, let's just celebrate. I defeated the devil. No, the Bible says in Romans chapter 8 that Jesus today right now is making intercession for you. What is, Jesus has not stopped serving us. He's still serving you. He's still praying for you. He's still being a blessing to you. You see the difference? Heavenly wisdom versus ungodly wisdom. Erethea, self-seeking, self-promotion, bitter resentment. They don't deserve that. So what's the source? Did I tell you I have three questions today? What is wisdom? I think we define that. It's a power to live life God's way. What is the source? We can have heaven as a source, or there's some other sources that, that we need to make sure that we're not feeding from. Uh, verse 15, look at this together with me, James chapter 3. 
says, this wisdom does not descend. It's talking about this self-seeking, this, this envious kind of a, a wisdom. This does not descend from above. This is not heavenly, but it is earthly, it is sensual, and it is demonic. It is earthly, it is sensual, and it is demonic. Now, I'm going to make some things clear to us. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to help some of you, and I'm going to set at liberty some of you. Because I've heard people, you know, I, I, I've heard people talk about, you know, I want financial advice, but uh, uh, I don't listen to these secular guys because that's worldly wisdom. And friend, I'm just going to tell you that's foolish. There are some smart people in the world that God is. I went and bought shoes yesterday. My wife inspired me. She mentioned already I'm going to run this half marathon. I went and talked to this guy, and I know 30 seconds talking to him, he was not a Christian. Praise God. But the man knew what he was talking about. He knew how to measure my flat foot, praise God. He knew how to make sure that my knees were hitting right and knew exactly what kind. And I want that wisdom speaking into me as I go in. That's not the worldly type of wisdom that this is talking about. We met with a plumber this last week uh, working this property, and he also is not a, I mean, this guy cusses more creatively than about anybody I've ever heard in my life. Why do we use him? Because he's the best. He does a great job for our church. He fixed everything that was wrong with our mall whenever we first acquired that property. Worldly wisdom is not talking about people in the world and the things that, you know, you can only buy stuff from Christians. Don't do that, friend. Are you hearing me? Now, if you start a plumbing business, we'll use you. Hallelujah. If you start a running shoe business, I'll go. You can measure my flat foot, and we'll see what we can do. That's great. But are you guys trekking with me? I'm just trying to free you. So what is the Bible talking about when it says earthly wisdom? Earthly wisdom is essentially you're not thinking, you're thinking only of this life. You're thinking only of the present, the here, the now. What can I acquire in this life? It's a selfish life. It's a life only about me. This last week, I, I sat down with a business owner, and this guy's in his 70s, and, uh, and he was telling me, he's like, I just bought a business from someone who's 65 and ready to retire. And he's like, there's something wrong with this picture. I'm 70, and I'm just getting started buying a business from a guy who's 65 and ready to be done with everything. But then he tells me this. He says, I am building a legacy. I'm building a legacy. And he's sitting across the table from my wife and I, and he begins to weep as he describes his businesses. He's like, I've got multiple businesses, and I'm starting a new one every single year. And he's like, you know what? He's like, you know who's running my businesses while I'm here in Hawaii? He starts crying. He's like, my kids. My kids are running my business. While I'm here. You know what that is? This man is thinking generationally. He's not just thinking about what's in it for me. No, friend, he knows that he's at the tail end of this, and he's going to do everything he can. He said, I want to build something that my great-grandbabies are able to run with. This is a man who's thinking larger than himself. You say, Pastor Jacob, why do we need 1,200 churches around the world? we got a great church right here. Friend, I want you to think bigger than yourself. I want you to think beyond what we, what's in it for me. No. You realize, friend, 40, how many years ago? 42 years ago, Dr. Morocco came to Maui. My wife will tell stories about the, the early morning prayer meeting. Stretch your hands towards the map of the world. Pray that God give us churches all around the world. 
And she thought as a young girl, why? We have an awesome church right here on Maui. But friend, we would not be here today. We wouldn't be here today if 42 years ago someone didn't have a vision for more. Something bigger than themselves. There's going to be a day where Pastor Jacob dies. But this ministry will continue. This church will continue. We'll all go on after this life. But what you labored over, what you sowed into, what you served and worked towards, whether it's in the ministry or whether it's in the work, it will continue. Friend, you're building a legacy whether you know it or not. What kind of legacy is it going to be? Is it going to be worldly? Or are you going to live with eternity in view? Now, the second definition of wisdom, are you guys checking with me today? This isn't too hard so far, is it? Okay. The second is, it, it, it describes, it says, this wisdom is uh, not from above, but it is earthly. It is sensual. Now, if you have the King James Version, you don't have to bring it on the screen or anything, but the literal definition of this is animal. Animal. You have animal appetites, meaning essentially you're, you're led around only by what you see, by what you feel, by what you, I mean, that's how animals live their lives. I'm hungry. I'm going to go kill something and eat it, depending on what it, right? I mean, the animal, the animal kingdom is brutal. I remember letting my kids begin to watch the Discovery Channel and watching this cute little antelope just hop along in the field, and here comes the cheetah. And now he's used to watching cartoons, you know, a happy ending every time, right? He didn't know. Man, the animal kingdom is brutal. I remember the shock in his face the first time he watched that little antelope get downed by the cheetah. Animal kingdom. We're not going to live like that. You realize, you know how many days my wife wanted to quit in the training of this triathlon? How many days she stood before me crying, I don't want to go swim today. I don't want to eat this paste, you know, whatever, all the stuff that she had to do. Like, why am I eating salt right now? She, oh, she, there were so many times, but what she had set her eyes on something that was bigger than what she was currently living in. And she endured the pain, and now she's achieved. She's a triathlete. Oh my goodness. I'm going to irritate you guys because I'm going to talk about it all the time. I'm so proud of her. It's so awesome. But that's how we need to live our lives. Not led around by what I feel, what's comfortable. No. Set your eyes on something bigger. What's the vision of heaven? And the third description of this is, uh, it says demonic. That literally means that which is fueled by demons or wisdom that acts like demons. You think about envy and self-seeking. That's, that's exactly what the devil's attempting to do right now. The book of Revelation says, uh, be weary Watch out, you who dwell on the earth, because as we get closer to the return of Christ, to the end of all things, the Bible says Satan is going to be moving with greater intensity, with greater wrath, because he knows his time is short. And what that means is he's trying to drag down as many people with him. He knows that judgment day is ahead of him. But he knows that over every single person on this earth, there's still a question mark over our lives. And he's attempting to grab hold of us and drag everyone, cut us down. We'll never do what God has called us to do, and we'll never step into the eternity that God has made available to us. That's demonic, where there's envy, self-seeking, 
And then look what it says in verse 16. Now, this is crazy. Where envy and self-seeking exist. This is why we need to deal with this. And we're going to pray about this in a moment. Where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. Friend, if you are fueled by envy and self-seeking, if that is what drives you to success in this life, confusion and every evil thing is what lays before. That's heavy. I was reminded, in fact, I, I had this story in mind yesterday, and then I, I talked with Dr. Morocco, and, and of all the things that we could have talked about, he brought up this very exact thing, and I knew that it was something for me to share. How many of you watched that Jesus Revolution movie? Uh, you ought to go watch it. It's, it's wonderful about the, the Jesus People movement and the revival that took place there in the 70s. Uh, worship team, you can come. I'm actually coming to a close here. And what ends up happening is this mighty revival is going on, and all of these on-fire uh, individuals begin to rise up. And Dr. Morocco, the guy you saw in the video, our global senior pastor, was actually a part of a lot of that. And he came across this group who was radical in evangelism. I mean, these guys were street preachers. These guys would memorize, I mean, entire chapters of the Bible. And he was just, he was so drawn in like, man, I want to be around a group of on-fire individuals like that. And so they're there. They're doing street evangelism. They're witnessing. They're, they're doing everything in their power to extend the kingdom of God. But then things just kind of started getting a little weird. Now, all of a sudden, instead of sharing the love of Jesus and sharing the good news of the gospel, they end up going out on corners to rebuke people because nobody's got it figured out but them and their group. They end up going into churches, and this is literally what they, they would do. Uh, Dr. Marco's a part of this. They'd go into churches, and they'd wait for the pastor to say anything that disagreed with them, they would stand up and publicly rebuke them as hypocrites, and they would leave the church. This went on and on and on, and Dr. Morocco shares about, he shares this publicly, this isn't just, you know, I'm not, you know, sharing a story he hasn't told himself, but he shares about this moment that his mom came to visit him, he's in college at this time, and they're driving down the street, and he sees a woman walk out the front door of a church just as they're driving down the road. Doesn't know the church, doesn't know the woman, but he says, look at that hypocrite. She doesn't know what it is to serve God. And his mom rebukes him. What are you talking about, son? That's not wisdom. And he began to pray and ask the Lord, like, what do you mean that's not wisdom? And he came, we can turn that down just to touch you. He began to pray, and he came to this text in James and began to analyze, um, he began to look at what is God's wisdom and what is the wisdom of the world. What is God's wisdom and what's the wisdom of the world? And we read this just a moment ago. I need that to come down even more, you guys, if I could. He said that worldly wisdom is earthly it is sensual, it is demonic, but he says the wisdom that comes from above. He says the Lord began to walk him through this process. This group you're running with right now, are they pure? Yeah, I think so. Do they love peace? Are they peacemakers? He's like, not really. They want to fight with everybody. Are they gentle? 
No, they're constantly stirring up strife. Are they teachable, willing to yield? No, it's my way or the highway. Are they full of mercy? No, they're ready to condemn anybody who doesn't line up with them. Is there good fruit? I, I think so. People get saved. But you look at this. In most of the list, they were off track. And the Lord spoke to him. What is happening right there is not heavenly. It is earthly. It is sensual. It is demonic. And then the Lord spoke to him. Exactly what the Bible says. He said, what did it say? It says that in a situation like that is confusion and every evil thing. Now, God spoke to Dr. Morocco, and he left that movement. And most of that group ended up relocating. And uh, the name of the individual who was leading that was a, was a man of the, by the I, I wrote it down, Berg. Um, David, is it David Berg? I want to make sure I say this right. Yeah, David Berg ended up establishing a movement called the Children of God. It was a cult. Ended up being exposed for all kinds of financial fraud, child prostitution. Every evil thing that you can imagine came out of that. And the Lord spoke, this is not wisdom that's from above. This is earthly. This is sensual. This is demonic. And every evil thing is a part of it. Friend, this is, this is important. I believe if we get this right, if we get God's heavenly wisdom flowing into our lives, it will affect in the best way possible every aspect of your life in this church. But if we have the wrong wisdom that's flowing into our life, if it's fueled by bitterness, envy, jealousy, self-seeking, friend, it's demonic. And you may not see it today. You may not see it, but eventually it'll produce something, oh my goodness, every evil thing. I want you to stand, and we're going we're gonna to pray. Did you know, now don't take this little clip and put it online or something like that, but with the COVID junk and all this, but I'm going I'm to make a statement that is true. Did you know that every one of us are contagious? You're contagious. I want you to say that. I'm contagious. What you carry will reproduce. What you have in you, the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 12, that if you have a root of bitterness inside of you, it will spring up, it will cause trouble. And it says, by this, many become defiled. Friend, if you have bitterness, jealousy, envy, self-seeking, it's not just about you. That stuff will affect everybody around you. It'll affect your workplace. It'll affect your school. It'll affect your family. That's why we need to deal with it. It'll affect this church. But I love how our text in James ends describes what God's peace and His wisdom looks like. It's pure. It's undefiled. It loves peace. It's gentle. It's reasonable. It is full of mercy. It is full of good deeds. There's no favoritism. There's no hypocrisy. It is not self-serving. But then it says this in verse 18. 
it always bears a beautiful harvest of righteousness. Good seeds of wisdom, fruit will be planted with peaceful, peaceful acts by those who cherish making peace. You know what that's saying? That means if you're walking in the wisdom of the Lord and you're doing good things, you're being a blessing, you're letting that wisdom flow out of your life, it affects everything around you. So what are we going to allow to be contagious in our life? Is it going to be this bitter envy, jealousy, demonic junk? Or is it going to be the fruit of righteousness? God's wisdom flowing in us and through us and producing a beautiful harvest all around us. Wow. With every head bowed and everyone praying, if you say, Guys, i, I got to be honest with you. Even as I ran through this, I, I had moments where I'm like, God, I think that attitude in me is jealousy. God, I think that attitude in me is a, is a want to be recognized. Is that self-seeking? Friend, we all have those moments. We all, I'm not, none of us, none of us have this all figured out, I'm telling you. But if you remember the very first thing that the Bible said in our text today, is if you have bitter envy and self-seeking, don't lie. All we need to do is acknowledge and say, Lord, I think that's I think that's bitterness in me. God, I think that's self-seeking in me. Would you take it? And it's as easy as that. We're not going to walk out of here in condemnation, but we're going to walk out of here saying, Jesus, would you forgive me? Would you set me free? And would you open heaven over my life that your wisdom can flow? So if you're here today, I ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes. I, if you're here today and you say, I think there's areas of my life that I have jealousy, bitterness, envy, self-seeking. I know some of the things that drive me, that's not God's wisdom. Come on, if that's you, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to ask you to raise your hand so I know exactly who I'm praying for. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so many, so many, so many, so many, so many. Friend, I'm telling you, my, my hand was up last night, too. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Come on, can we all just lift our hands as a sign of surrender right now? Jesus, your word says that you are gracious and you're merciful. You're slow to anger and you're of great kindness. You're, you're not over us looking to squash us today, but Jesus, you're still issuing those words from the cross Father, forgive them. Maybe before today you didn't realize that this attitude or this, this, this desire in you was wrong. But today the Word of God has shown a light and he's, he's exposing. But today we just come and we say, Lord, would you take it? God, would you take it? God, every attitude in me, if it's not of you, I'm asking you. In fact, can I lead us in a declaration right now? I, I, wanna, I want you to pray this with me. Every person within the sound of my voice, you're online, you're watching here today, you're in this room, I want you to pray this with me. Dear Jesus, I surrender all that I am to you. I turn my back on self-seeking, envy, jealousy, self-promotion. I ask you, Lord, May your heart of meekness flow in and through me. The wisdom that is from above, 
May it flow through me. Forgive me of every bitterness, every jealousy, every ungodly desire. Wash me by your blood. I renounce bitterness in the name of Jesus. I renounce envy. Come on, I need you to pray this with me. I renounce envy in the name of Jesus. I renounce every evil thing that would try and reign in my heart. I cut it off and I receive your freedom today. Jesus, set me free from every way that is not in line with you. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. In Jesus' name, I pray. Now, we're going to do something. I, I did this last night, and, uh, and I want to I do this over our lives today. The book of James, I, I, I quoted it earlier. Let me just read it to you right now. James chapter 1 and verse 5 says, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. How many of you desire the wisdom of God to flow in and through your life? Me too. Lord, I ask according to your word for the wisdom of heaven, the wisdom to live life your way. God, I'm asking, if you could do it for Solomon, you can do it for us. And so, Lord, I'm asking, you said, if any of you lack wisdom to ask you, you have it in abundance and you will give it liberally to all who ask. And so we ask today, Give us heavenly wisdom. Give us the wisdom that is from above. Give us this wisdom, O oh Lord, that is peaceable, that is gentle, that is teachable, that is meek, that is full of mercy and compassion, that is full of good works that, that affect many, O oh God, that does not have favoritism or hypocrisy and is not self-seeking or self-serving, but is willing to serve others. May this wisdom flow in us and flow through us in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus still got time. I want to pray. Guys, that, that meeting with that business owner impacted me in a big way. He said he believes that what God is doing in this day is like, we've had apostles in the church and that's wonderful. We need apostles. But he said, I believe in this day God is raising up apostles in the business world. Those will start kingdom businesses and employ people who need it. And, and those who think kingdom in the business world, those who think kingdom in the political arena, those who think kingdom 
in the classroom that they steward. And, and I like to have some kind of response most every time that we get together. But if you consider yourself a leader in any capacity, whether you lead your home, you lead in the workplace, you lead a business, you lead a school, you lead a... Can I pray for you today? I, I want to ask you to just come take a step down and I... I want to pray that this kind of wisdom would flow into your life because it's going to impact everything that you do. It's going to impact everything that you do. Yeah. Come on, the fruits of righteousness is going to be revealed. It's going to be released. Brother Sono and, and Yuri, I, I, I saw you guys in the back. Would you come, please? for you guys I I my wife shared with your wife just about the season I believe that you guys are coming into I just my wife saw this picture and I love it of you just running with your hair on fire son of running with your hair on fire and I'm not not going to try and embarrass you, but guys, can I tell th this man is the campus director at YWAM. He's already a leader of leaders. But when I said, when I gave that first call, is there anybody who would say, I, do you feel like you have anything that you would want? His hands were the very first ones that went up. Son, oh, I am I'm so stirred even right now. I feel like you already embody so much of what I shared today. That you walk with meekness and humility. There is such a gift of wisdom upon your life. And I believe that even in this coming season, God's going to begin to expand that upon you. There's going to be moments where you, you look at situations and things that are confusing and things that are just fraught with, with disorder. And you're going to know in an instant, this is how we need to, this is how we fix it. This is how it's going to come together. God, I'm asking not just, not, not worldly wisdom, but I'm asking for this heavenly wisdom to flow down and over this man of God and over his wife. That God, everything they set their hands to do, even as Solomon was blessed, God, not in the not just in the ministry, but God in business, in in in, in relationships, God in kingdom, in, in 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 networking, in so many areas, God, there was a tremendous blessing. And I'm asking the very same blessing would flow down and over my brother in the name of Jesus. Lord, I'm asking that even that which is upon him. That which you have done upon this couple, Lord, you're going to, Lord, even those that they steward and they oversee in whatever capacity and whatever that may look like in whatever season, God, that same wisdom and that same anointing is going to flow down over and through each and every one, oh God. Oh Lord, I just ask you to do even what my wife saw, just, God, there's an increase of the anointing and I believe even just an intensity of the ministry in the best way possible. It's not going to be you. It's going to be the Lord operating in you and through you.
Hallelujah. How, how many of you down here, you came down here, how many of you, how many business owners do we have? You own a business, big or small, a few, few. This is what I want you, if somebody is nearby, just put a hand on their shoulder right now because we're going to pray. God's going to raise up our business leaders. He's going to raise up our businessmen and businesswomen, kingdom entrepreneurs and ideas. So come on, I just want you to bless that person right now. Lord, I, I just pray over the businesses. I pray over the leaders, oh God, that you've raised up. I pray, God, that even as we extend and as we move forward, oh Lord, that you are, we're, we're not operating out of selfish ambition, but Lord, generational momentum. That God, you're going to do something so large in and through these leaders that God, it's going to impact children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren for generations, almighty God. You're going to allow us to have employees, oh God, that those who would not have income otherwise, Lord, you're going to allow us to be a source of provision that flows into their life. And Lord, I just declare over each and every one of these business owners and leaders that God, you're going to give them the wisdom of heaven. Ideas just flowing into their lives. Oh Lord, you're showing them things. In the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. Um, You know, there was a there was a guy who came on Shark Tank. I like Shark Tank. And he was talking about how he was, this, I think it was this latest episode, he was on a mission trip, and on the mission trip, he had a dream for this business that he was presenting on Shark Tank. Like, guys, God wants to do that kind of stuff. God wants to, that's the wisdom of heaven. You realize when the Bible says in Malachi, that whole passage about giving your tithes and your offerings, and he says, I will open the windows of heaven. That doesn't mean like checks raining down from the sky. No, it literally means that wisdom begins to flow from heaven, that he gives you heaven's ideas, heaven's creative ideas. That can flow in our lives. How many of you say, I'd like to receive that? Come on, come on. Lord, I just do. I ask that you would open the windows of heaven. Oh, That's this wisdom that's flowing down from above. Lord, we're not going to... You're going to give us everything that we need to fulfill what you've called us to do. And your word says that you want to bless us generously so we can be generous on every occasion. Lord, I pray that as the heavens open and as wisdom begins to flow, just like this guy on Shark Tank, you're going to give us ideas, oh Lord. You're going to show us things, mighty God. Let it come in dreams. Let us just have an idea that comes to mind. I think this could work. Give us the boldness to do it, Lord. Give us the boldness to do what you've called us to do. Wow. Guys, I really wonder. seen so much ugliness come out of the church world and out of every arena that you can imagine but I just wonder what would happen if a group of people just like this began to operate in this sort of wisdom the same sort of 
serving the same sort of generosity that Jesus expressed. Guys, it would change everything. It would change everything. Come on, will you just put your hand over your heart right now? Jesus, I'm praying for the wisdom of heaven to flow. God, even as we look at the cross and your great sacrifice, even this week, O oh Lord, Lord, may we be mindful that we're called to serve people the very same way. We're not, we're not here to be served. We're here to serve and to be a blessing. We're not here to build our own kingdom, but we're here to build people. We're here to build your kingdom. God, as we do that, it's going to impact so much more than we could imagine in this life and in the life to come. Oh, Jesus, I pray, let your wisdom flow in us and through us. Help us. so clearly to me. I know you're a business owner, and I just want to encourage you in this. You have no idea what lies ahead. You haven't even tapped into the full potential that God has for your business. I just see lining up employees that God is going to entrust you with. I just hear the word, the word help is on the way, and you don't have to worry, even with the paperwork side, I just see that it's, it's kind of weighted on you, but even help in that area is going to come, and you are going to go to next level, man of God next level. People on the big island and throughout our state, they're going to know you as a contractor and as a, a man who does things very, very well. So can I just pray for you? Lift your hands to heaven right now. Father, I just thank you for Chris. God, I thank you for the wisdom that he has. Even growing up, God, he wondered at times, why am I doing this? But it's because, Lord, you were preparing him. He is strong, and you can trust him with much. So, Father, I just declare over him wisdom from heaven, oh God, and let his faith be so big that your light shines through and that a smile on his face will bring others to your kingdom, oh God. Chris, kindness leads them to repentance and you're gonna walk in that like you never have before. I bless you in the name of Jesus. Well, that's a good word. I wanna receive that for myself. You can do that, you know. You can do that. Some of you, maybe you didn't step down, but you're like, boy, I wish I would have gone down for that. I, it's okay. You receive it. The wisdom of heaven. Could you imagine if from this day, I just, like, what happened with Solomon after that dream? The heavens were just open and that wisdom was flowing. And wouldn't it be amazing if that just began to flow into your life? It can happen. Ask him for it. Ask him for it. Well, listen, I know I led us in a, in a prayer of like 
repentance and confession. And if you're here today, let me just say, if you're recommitting your life to the Lord or you're just like, I'm, I'm ready to go all in, in the hallway is a table called Next Steps. And we have a devotion we'd love to give you. We have a team that would love to pray with you personally out there. Um, we also have sign up if you'd like to be water baptized. In fact, I know some of my family is actually going to be baptized this week. And uh, if you want to get baptized, just let us know. Maybe we'll make it a big party. I don't know. But uh, it's important. As you give your life, it's a, it's a declaration. This is who I'm living for. This is what I want flowing into my life. And God's going to listen to this blessing.